The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, welcome everybody to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan. Little Thursday mailbag coming at you. Fellas, how are we doing? Good. 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 Hang in there. I love a mailbag. Love a mailbag. Listeners pour out their questions, empty their hearts to us, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. All right, well, might as well get right into it since that was a very uh, lackluster hello from you guys. All right, first question. From the listeners, how impactful will the Jalen Carter legal situation, how will it affect his draft stock? Well, got at, it. at UGA Dog 99. Um, I assume that's the first <laughs> question. Um, I mean, it, it's going to impact it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, it's hard for it not to. You know, there was a, uh, some chatter from Todd McShay recently, I believe, that there was character concerns about Jalen Carter. Um, and Sully, you may know better than I, or one of you, Breach, you may know better than I, like the, the specifics of, it was one of those things where like, because it's Jalen Carter, he's a stud on a big team. And like the immediate reaction was like, how dare you Todd McShay slander Jalen Carter. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out there's actually concerns with Jalen Carter, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where you do have to trust the, the, the information getters when they bring this stuff to the table. And so talking about whether or not it's going to impact his draft stock, it it is going to be interesting. And I'm with you, Will. It's going to impact it somehow. It just depends on how crazy of a fall that we could potentially see. One thing that I think is going to be interesting is he was at the combine. He since returned reportedly, but in those days leading up to this news coming out, how many teams did he meet with? Was he forthright in talking about this situation or are those teams that he talked to, he didn't say a word and they're just finding this out for the first time. And now all of a sudden you're having even more character concerns because he's trying to sweep that under the rug. Yeah. And that's a little bit, uh, what our buddy and good friend of the podcast, Rick Spielman, former Vikings general manager talked about on with the first pick with Ryan Wilson was Never that, heard of it. Uh, it's a new podcast on CBS sports Prince that you have never <laughs> once plugged 
on this show. Um, but no, Spielman basically said, "Hey, look, if you talk to Jalen Carter on Monday or Tuesday before this news broke, and he was he he was forthcoming and he shared that information with you, then you're fine with it as a team, and it's probably not going to hurt his stock too much." But if he didn't say anything, uh, then that's a gigantic red flag. And that is where his stock takes a hit. So when it comes down to it, what happened at UGA was awful. But Jalen Carter here has been charged with two misdemeanors. And I think most NFL teams uh, are probably willing to overlook two misdemeanors. So, you know, maybe instead of a top five pick, he drops into the top 12. But I don't think it's going to kill his draft stock. Uh, worth noting, uh, uh, Chris Rapasso, a friend of the pod, of course, uh, had him going 17th overall to the Steelers in a post-Jalen Carter, you know, uh, charge or, you know, news mock draft. I think the interesting thing about this is, as Breach, you point out, maybe he goes from a top five to a top 12. Well, I think this has a massive impact, Katie, on what might happen with the number one pick because mm-hmm. you had this situation where everybody's like, oh, the Bears will just trade out of one and they'll just move down. Like, yeah. it's, one, it's not that simple. It's not that cheap to move. Like it's, it costs a lot to get the number one pick. And then two, the, the Bears, a team like that, is only going to move down far enough where they can get someone, a stud player. And if you take Jalen Carter out of the top five, it suddenly becomes a situation where, you know, they it, do they if they move to four, are they guaranteed to get Will Anderson? Like, is there another guy, you know, like, are they willing to take Jalen Carter at four if they do a swap with the Colts? Uh, it's, you know, it almost takes the Panthers out of contention to trade up to one. People would love to do that, but it's like, you know, they're at nine. If you move down to nine, you you know, I mean, you maybe you get Jalen Carter there. But the point being is it it shrinks the window with which the Bears can trade out of one, in my opinion. It's just, it's just hard to pull off. And there's one thing to point out here, too. I mean, yeah, the timing of it isn't great because it was day one of the NFL scouting combine. The whole NFL is under one roof, but there is, it's not like it was draft night where all of a sudden you have guys completely or teams saying, you know what, we're not drafting this guy. We're not touching him. And it's a a tonsil situation 2.0. There at least is now time for teams to look into the situation and come to some sort of conclusion, whether or not, they want to draft him or not, because more often than not, if these things come out draft night, round one, he's having a much bigger free fall than I think he have will have later on this string. You mean like <laughs> if he was smoking a bong on camera? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be in great. a picture that was released on draft night. It's a gas mask bong. It wasn't just like a bong hit. It was like a bong hit out of a gas, <laughs> like out of a gas mask. Well, that's For what I'm saying. Like this, this is bad, but guys have been drafted and done well with worse. I mean, look at someone like Tyreek Hill or things that happened in college like domestic violence and they still get drafted. So these two misdemeanors, I don't think is going to affect him that oh, much. Yeah, former, I mean, former Cardinals GM Steve Kime had a famous quote. He was like, if Hannibal Lecter ran a 4-4-40, we'd draft him in the first round. You know, oh. like, it's, that's just, I mean, he, he said it at the combine, I think. Like, he, he ain't wrong either. Like, if you're a really talented know. football player, people will look past um, off-field situations, particularly if it's something, you know, where, uh, you know, the, the circ- circumstances TBD, but yeah. Yeah, Joe Mixon too, they were talking about. Um, all right, how about uh, let's talk Super Bowl. It's not that far uh, away now. Super Bowl 57 field, was it overwatered? What do you guys think? I mean, a lot of players said they were slipping all over the place. They were saying they watered it down, then they put a tarp on it, that it smelled like it was moldy. I mean, what do you guys think? 
I mean, that's what the sod father said. I mean, you know, it, we have a story up. Father. Uh, we have the story up by George Toma, the sod father. He was a longtime groundskeeper. He basically said that it was overwatered. It had that that smell, and, and it's tough because in that environment in Arizona, in the desert. It does make for a slippery surface. We've seen it back in earlier this season when it was a completely different field with the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Cardinals. It was an issue then. It was clearly an issue in the Super Bowl. So, sure, if you want to, if the sod father's telling me that it was overwatered, who am I to say that it wasn't? <laughs> and let me throw in there that the sod father, George Toma, has been uh, in charge of the sod or the grass for every single Super Bowl since Super Bowl one. The man is 94 years old. He does not give a single F anymore. And he threw everyone under the bus during this interview with ESPN. Uh, I, I think his biggest problem was the fact that he was the name being associated with yeah. the slippery field and why the conditions were bad. When in fact, a guy named Ed Mangan is the one who was in charge of the field. He is the NFL's field director. Uh, so he had final say on how the field was treated. And Toma essentially said that uh, Megan had no idea what he was doing, that he overwatered the field, that so the Cardinals have a retractable field that rolls out of the stadium to get watered and sun and mm -hmm. then rolls back into the stadium, and that the guy watered it a ton the Wednesday before the Super Bowl and immediately rolled it back in the stadium when he should have left it out no there light. for a few hours to dry. And so, yeah. you know, I None of us are sod experts, but that seems I mean, like basic ass sod maintenance. I mean, like, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, you think everyone knows that one. And then Tom also said that, the, that he, they weren't sanding it right. And this was just a total disaster. And, you know, the NFL hasn't responded to this either. So, yes, if I'm the Eagles, if I'm I guess the Chiefs won, so they don't care. But if I'm the Eagles, I am irate at this information coming out now. It, it, what's crazy is that. Like it's you get the same stuff with like the the chains, you know, and the like spotting the ball. It's like this is an eighteen billion dollar business. You can't figure out sod. You can't hire like more than one guy to handle like the sod decisions for the freaking Super Bowl. You roll out this new sod and like this guy can. It drives me nuts, Sully. Yeah, but I'll say this though. It's not like this completely came out of nowhere. Like we've been mentioning with this story the entire time. It's like this in Arizona. I know it was a different field. I know that they, they try to do their own different thing. But if you're these head coaches, you do have to put that at least in the back of your mind a little bit. I, I thought Danny Amendola had an interview. I think it was on Chris Long's podcast talking about this in Super Bowl 49 against the Seahawks with the Patriots. And Belichick mandated that they all wear sevens, which is basically just a different kind of cleat that has more you know, traction in that. So it is something that's on coaches' radar. So as much as we're saying, oh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles should be upset about this, well, you kind of knew what you were getting into. It's not like this was an unknown storyline. Well, I mean, the, the Chiefs knew what they were getting into because they played in Arizona in week one and complained about the field. They said it was slippery. Mm -hmm. Harrison Butker injured his ankle because he slipped on a kickoff. Uh, uh, Trent McDuffie got injured in that game, too. And Andy Reid blamed both those on field conditions. And the Eagles actually played on this type of grass. They have that at their home stadium. So they probably thought, oh, it should be pretty similar. This is what we play on in Philadelphia. But obviously, as Tyler has noted, the climate in Phoenix and Philadelphia are slightly different. And and I would point out, and sorry, Katie, for this, but um, we Friend of the podcast, Emmett Smith, came on the show. Mm -hmm. He talked about how Jimmy Johnson against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game way back in the day went out there yeah. and scouted both sides of the field. It was like, if we run a comeback route to Michael Irvin, we run it on this side. Like, the, this side, wow. he, it was weather related. But he was like, don't, he's like, he went to Norm, uh, uh, North Turner was like, if you run a pitch or like a cutback, a cutback toss to Emmett Smith, do it only on this side of the field. Don't do it over here. The field condition is just worse. So it's like, 
you know, it, it, I mean, to me, this feel, you know, both teams have to play on the field, right? Like it's, yeah. you just got to deal with whatever the field is. And it, it, again, just NFL, just fix your freaking turf guys. For the Super Bowl, too, of all games. How much do you think it affected the actual game? I mean, obviously, there were no sacks, which I lost a lot of money on because I had a first sack prop. I had over sacks, all kinds of sacks. And there was not one from the two teams that had the most sacks. Obviously, that has to do with the grass. You should get a refund on all your bets. (laughs) <laughs> I should get a refund on all my bets. And, you know, I'm not a person that will email the sports book when somebody goes down to get a refund. And I know that we're not talking about this, but I would like to ask this to you guys, actually, as a uh, member of this podcast and also a listener as well. What do you think of people who are requesting refunds from sports books when a, a player goes down an injury? Because I kind of think it's a little bit ridiculous. You're gambling. You don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. caught a tough break if somebody goes down. Yeah, I mean, like I've been, you know, look, I uh, I had a NC State for a lot of, you know, some some amount of money uh, when Gio Bernard took the kickoff to the house, and we're like, well, we're gonna lose to Carolina, but at least we can't like blow the seven and a half point spread, and then they fumble the snap on the on the on the kick, and then throw it into the end zone for two points. Like it, you're like you're gambling, like bad beats happen. You know, yeah. you're, 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 yeah. I mean, like, yeah, deal with it. Now, if sports books want to like, like fire up a bunch of promos in order to, yeah, um, in order to get, you know, generate publicity, I'm okay with that. But generally speaking, it's kind of weak sauce. If you're like, give me, I want a refund. I got screwed. Yeah. I don't fault some of the sports books if they want to do it because it is good PR. It will keep your yeah. customers happy. But, if you're like a fan, no, again, like we're all saying, gambling is, you're not entitled to winning money. You are risking money and you're going to lose it under some weird circumstances sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I am. We're all on the same page here. How's that even possible? <laughs> if you gamble on uh, you, someone to have an over four and a half catches in the Super Bowl, it's Juju Smith Schuster and he gets hurt on the first play. You guys said it. It's gambling. What happens, yeah. happens. Maybe he catches five passes on the first drive and hits the over. You don't get, you know, just crazy things can happen. Uh, and that's what gambling, that's the name of the game. Imagine doing that at a casino. If you get a bad card or something, you're like, no, I don't actually like this card. It's not good Mm -hmm. enough. Let's get a refund here. Like you're not going to do that there. But I do feel like with Twitter, people are bullying these sports books into, uh, giving them refunds. And it was interesting when Patrick Mahomes went down the first time with his ankle, they were like offering all kinds of refunds and then he came back and they ended up winning the game. So it's like jokes on you guys. Um, so yeah, Yeah, I I agree. It's like it's it's easy to whine on like especially you know if you got like a you know Twitter blue and you want to like tag like <laughs> that you know like you know where you you got like you just want to you want to complain it's easy to do that yeah you never do much play at a casino you're like I like you're like hey buddy look you got cooled you're out of you're out of here here's a drink get lost and like you could literally complain about anything you could be somebody who bet on the Eagles in the Super Bowl like well there was a holding call I didn't agree with so I should get my money back even if the corner in question said he actually held the receiver. Like, you can complain about anything in any game and demand your money back. That doesn't mean you should get it. Don't give anyone their money back. Yep. Don't totally give anyone that. Again. It's gambling. You are gambling your money. You don't know if you're going to win or not and accidents and I mean, I'll, take, I'll take my money back, but I mean, like, no. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like, like, actually, I don't want the money back. Yeah. Yeah, I would I'm never ask, no. though. Yeah. I, I, never, I mean, I mean, I would just, I would just passively aggressively state that I, I will take my money back. I'm not, I'm not asking for it, but I will take it all back. Well, the good, the good news is, is you, it doesn't even ask. They just refund you. It just shows back up That's in true. your bankroll. So then it's like, all right, thanks Twitter. Although I think that uh, you are lame for doing that. Okay. We're going to take a quick 
break right here. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. To the ones who said we couldn't, that our dreams were too big. We had to think big, really change things. We carry fire in our hearts. So don't doubt us. And don't stand in our way. We are your leaders, your allies, your sisters. All voices belong. And we are phenomenal. Anything is possible. Women who move mountains. Explore the collection on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, Tyler Sullivan, and John Breach. It's a Mailbag Thursday, so make sure that you are asking us questions in the chat this one's an interesting one to me. Uh, what do you make of 49ers GM John Lynch contacting Tom Brady about playing for them in 2023? Which I'll go ahead and start on this one. Well, First of all, this is slightly <laughs> misleading of a question, whoever asked us this one, because I read the article. And basically, all John Lynch said that he did was congratulate him on a great career. He wasn't exactly asking him about playing for them in 2023. I have been dying on this Tom Brady is not coming to the 49ers Hill for at least a year now. I don't think it makes sense for the 49ers. Yes, I do know that we need a quarterback, probably a veteran presence because We've got these young guys. We don't know how Trey Lance is going to end up working out. He's injured. You know, he had two surgeries on his ankle this season. You got Brock Purdy, who's also maybe not going to be available until training camp or a little bit after that. But I'm thinking like a, a cheapy, a one-year deal, cheapy veteran guy, someone like Tom Brady. It's too expensive. And I just don't think that we need him. But And we, as a player and a member of the 49ers, that's how I'm speaking. <laughs> I mean, I think we as not like not a 49ers fan, but we, as in people who uh, produce content for the NFL need Tom Brady to go to the 49ers. Weird of the Trey Lance uh, battle. Uh, I, mean, there. I mean, I think it's like nothing would surprise you with Tom Brady because that dude is. But don't you think that he's like in dad mode now? I it feels a little he's different he's to me. He's, than, himself with under, he's in his underwear, like on Twitter. Like that's a man who needs attention. Katie, he was also, in dad mode for five weeks last year and was like, "I'm done. I'm going back to the NFL." He also just posted that he's like doing like an indie car thing or like a race car thing. So this dude, he's already bored. He's starting to get bored. But I'm with you. Like I, I would like to see Tom Brady back just because that would be fun for us that do this for a living. But ultimately. I do think that the worm would kind of turn on him, though. I mean, I think that he would go from, all right, we can get it. Tom Brady would, you know, all right, he figured out retirement wasn't for him. That's fine. If he starts doing it again 
And again, this is turning into like Brett Favre 2.0. I feel like a lot of people, even like in the New England area, Tampa Bay area, wherever you want to say Tom Brady's camp is, they'd be like, all right, dude, figure it out. You know, bleep or get off the pot in terms of retirement or not. But Brett Favre was unlikable. I feel like Tom Brady's likable. If he comes out of retirement in a game, and as for John Lynch, I think this is a brilliant move. This is like if a girl you like is involved in a breakup, you just shoot her a text and say, hey, hey, (laughs) sorry that happened. Just let her know you are in existence Uh and thinking of her. And Uh then maybe someday down the road, she sends you that text back because she's ready to go out on that date again. And that's what Lynch is doing here. This is, hey, if Tom, if you're thinking about coming back, I'm not saying this in the text. I'm just saying congratulations on your career. But we're in communication now. So if you want to text me about maybe coming back and playing for the 49ers, I'm listening, and I'll answer your text messages, so feel free. So this is just, you're shooting your shot here if you're a Lynch without shooting your shot. I think it's a brilliant move. Well, correct, me if, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, too. I mean, yes, in that interview and in what he said publicly was, I just wish him congratulations on retirement. I, he didn't explicitly say that he asked him, because wouldn't he technically still get in trouble with the NFL? He, is Tom Brady not technically well, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until March whatever when free agency if, starts? If, wouldn't he, he would, file paperwork to say that he's retired? Retired? It would still be tampering if he if he's no no, no. yeah he would, be, he would be tampering until he's actually like until he's not under contract and look but like let's not look, let's not go past the fact that like Tom Brady went eight and nine with the Buccaneers last year they had a negative forty five point differential they got spanked in some of those games like yes. it could have been like it could have been even uglier for Tom Brady and th- while the 49ers have a much better roster and you think that he would fit in very well like what if he is too old and what if he he does want to take the approach where you know he he wants to, you know, pull the bell check and get out a year early rather than a year late. I mean, that that to me is maybe the biggest reason why Tom Brady would stay retired. Well, well I'll even say this, and Katie, you can speak better to this, but like, does he? I know that they would cater the offense to a Tom Brady if he decides to arrive, but with Kyle Shanahan, he kind of wants their quarterbacks not necessarily mobile. mobile, but to go out on on boots and all that kind of stuff, which Brady doesn't do. Yeah, and that was kind of the whole thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is he wasn't that – I mean, obviously health is the biggest thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, but that he wasn't that mobile, and that's why they went and moved to hell and high water in order to get Trey Lance. Um, But the Trey Lance thing is interesting to me because I know that Kyle Shanahan took a lot of heat this year for a lot of these injuries to quarterbacks or running backs were running up the middle, and why is he continually calling to run up the middle? When it comes to someone like Trey Lance, and I'm curious what you guys think of this, do you think it was because the Trey Lance couldn't get – to the outside and that's why there were some plays of him running up the middle um and by the way i should also point out that like tom brady at age 45 and i'm just i'm not not that i'm close or anything like that i'm not that close <laughs> uh, a friend of mine recently pointed out in very uh mean fashion that Ooh. at age 50 you're eligible for AARP. Like tom brady's five years away from AARP. i don't know if he should be on the football field you know what i mean uh, well, so, when you looked at him in that last playoff game, he looked AARP. He looked very AARP. And like for, for the Lance stuff, I mean, it's just a matter of, I mean, can he run? Can, can he get to the outside? Is that the problem? Is that why they kept calling plays for him to run up the middle? But if, if he can't, if he can't run to the outside, like what was the point of, like, what's the point of Trey Lance existing? Right. Like if he's not fast <laughs> enough to get like. Not sorry, not existing, but you know what I mean? Like, what is the point? Of, like, I mean, <laughs> what is he you, doing on this planet? <laughs> yeah, what, well, yeah. I mean, if you can't get, if you like the whole point is he was supposed to be this crazy athlete who could bring the mobile dynamic but to how, the how much of How much of him did they actually see? 
I mean, there's not I, much. I, you should get me talking about this for a long time. I never thought that we should have drafted Lance. And it's not that I don't li- like Lance or think that he's a nice person, but we haven't seen him play football in what, going on three years now? Yeah, I mean, he's and he's really more like four years. Honestly. But the interesting thing is that, that Shanahan feels like he has to do that because we saw with Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't have to be very mobile to be successful in Kyle Shanahan's system. So is that Shanahan saying, oh, I don't trust Trey Lance so much passing. That's why I'm going to get more of the run involved here. Or is he just trying to add some nuance to his offense to throw defenses off? But now he's sad because Trey Lance can't do what he thought he could do when he drafted them. So I mean, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And Captain uh, Spock in here, if the Niners get Brady, I'll burn my season tickets. Well, that's uh, that's dramatic, well, if it's, uh, Spock. Well, if, it's but not Tom I, Brady, I Katie, if it's not Tom Brady, Katie, who would you want for a veteran to come in to kind of be that stopgap guy? <sighs> I mean, Trey Lance just has to be the starter, right? I, mean, well, I, I still want Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I know he's not Who do you think she wants? He's got a Jimmy G bobble out of there. I have I three words for Katie. Andrew. Yeah. Gregory Dalton. That's no, 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 anybody but Andy. First of all, Andy Dalton lost me so much money last year. I I had to tell myself every day, do not bet on Andy Dalton. Do not bet on Andy Dalton. And for some reason, he kept kind of his red hair lured me in a little bit. And then I would lose money. So uh, that would be the worst case scenario Andy Dalton's Dalton's like when he did that hair makeover in like 2014 it completely changed his career arc he had like a goofy like red hair like flop top and then he like quaffed it up and shaved the sides and all of a sudden he was like a pro bowler I mean that's you know it's it's hard to get away kind of got the beard going a little bit too and then Breach is propping him up on every single show on this freaking podcast Andrew Andrew Gregory Dalton and then Katie's losing money on him so we've kind of come full circle here it's just not yeah, it's just not what uh, what we want to do here. Um, all right. Let me uh, – I got to hit a Bateman question in here. Okay, what about Rashad Bateman calling out Eric DaCosta, even though he's never done anything in the league and he's constantly injured? Well, I, uh, what was the exact quote, Breach or Sully? Did you um, – I didn't uh, – Pulling it up right now. I didn't see it. What did he say? How about you – so Eric DaCosta – had said that we're drafting receivers because uh, his problem drafting receivers. He said, if I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. Yikes. Cause that's Ooh. throwing all of your receivers under the bus. And uh-huh. then Bateman answered, are we going to put it up on? How about you play to your player's strengths and stop pointing the finger at us and Lamar Jackson. Blame the one you let do this. We take the heat 24 seven and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happened. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of all lying and capping on the players for no reason. Wow. That's um, that's something. I mean, that's yeah. that's your GM. Didn't wouldn't Bate was Bateman? Is he his second year? Or is he is he going to? His, I believe it's his third. He's going he's into his third, third year. I mean, I don't know if I was a if I was a former uh, high draft pick. Who and I thought he was a first round pick. First round pick, yep. Yeah. So if I'm a former first round draft pick, and I and I'm going into my third year of professional football, the one one thing that I would think about is that I'm now eligible for a contract. However, if you decide to torch your and and the the fifth year options coming up too, pal, uh, this or next off season. Yeah. So if you decide to like blow torch your GM to the ground on Twitter uh, over the fact that you know he 
they don't have, they're just going to keep swinging at wide receivers, even though they haven't been productive. When you've got 61 catches for 800 yards and three touchdowns in your first two seasons of your career, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe just don't do that. And, well, that, and look, well, that's especially true when all of a sudden you start talking about, yeah, six games that last year, they trade Hollywood Brown to almost ascend you to be the wide receiver one. And you don't really answer that bell. I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing to kind of take your side fully here. Yeah. Uh, Jojo Sanchez says, what are the chances Bateman is traded if Lamar signs elsewhere? He's clapping back at the GM LOL and hasn't really done anything. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I just, the, the problem is you've got him for, you know, you, you, you have this year to see what he does and you get this new Todd Munkin offense coming in. So, you know, in theory, it's going to be a little, maybe more, I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be like crazy more pass heavy, obviously, but it's going to just more, it's not going to be like full Greg Roman. So you're going to see some more passes regardless of who the quarterback is. Uh, and I think that, you know, with like with Bateman, you're going into your third year, you, you, have, you have at least two more years of team control. So you could trade him, but he has at least been, you know, productive-ish when he's on the field. It, it just it seems like this is sort of more of a motivational thing, and and it just backfired with Rashad Bateman being unable to handle any type of criticism. Yeah, I don't know if they would get rid of Bateman. You know, if it if it's a thing between him and the GM, then sure, yeah, maybe that leads to a, a divorce of these two sides. But I don't know if it has much to do with Lamar Jackson's situation. Because even if you get rid of Lamar Jackson, you're getting a King's Ransom probably in the top five, top ten in the NFL draft. You're drafting a quarterback without selection, you would think. And so you're going to go young anyways. You have a young wide receiver. You might as well see if that guy has chemistry with Bateman. So no, I, I don't know if that necessarily coincides with one another. I just don't know if, uh, I think athletes and Twitter sometimes are not a good combination. I feel like there's so many that have been getting them, you know, obviously everyone's a human being, you get emotional, you want to respond to something and then you just bash your GM on Twitter. Yeah, not, not a smart me. career move, as Will said. Not really a smart career move. But it is worth pointing out that the Ravens do need to, whether whether or not they figure out the Jackson thing or not, they do need to draft better at wide receiver or at least deepen that unit. I mean, I think we have, we've seen a ton of mock drafts with them at 22 taking Zay Flowers out of Boston College or whatever kind of guy falls to them at that spot. I think that that's probably the best move for them. And let's not forget that also in that tweet, he said, you know, keep us healthy. And the Ram or the Ravens training room got a C on this latest NFL PA survey. Uh, mm. And and Bateman had at least two former Ravens players come out on Twitter and back him up saying, yeah, the training staff is garbage. And this is why I missed several games. And, uh, you know, people pointing out that Bateman didn't miss any games in college, didn't have any problem staying healthy, got to Baltimore and now can't stay healthy to save his life. So, you know, maybe there where there's smoke, yeah. there's fire. Maybe there's something to his complaints. And I'm sure the Ravens didn't want their dirty laundry aired out like this. Uh, but it's out there now. And now they have this and the Lamar Jackson thing. That's a lot of fires you putting out in the offseason with a lot of your key players. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here and let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's always a fun one to talk about. Why does Aaron Rodgers find ways to make himself a story every offseason? Is it intentional? I think it's actually um, a Stockholm syndrome type of thing stemming back. From <laughs> like Favre did Favre did exactly this to Aaron Rodgers and mm -hmm. Rodgers is like so calm and quiet and cool about it. And now it's like, you know, Jordan loves just sitting back there being quiet, being a good teammate. And Rogers, you, you just always thought Rogers would never do this because Brett Favre had done it to Rogers. And he's doing the exact same thing to the point where he's like, you know, doing the darkness retreats. Right. And, I mean, it's like, it's every offseason. I, 
I just think he's a weird guy. I think he's just a weird guy. And, you know, he likes to take ayahuasca and he likes to go on darkness retreats. And, you know, he was involved with Shailene Woodley for a second. He doesn't like his family very much. Like, I think he's just interesting to all of us because he's very good, you know, future Hall of Famer. And and he's just kind of weird. So it's he, and he does a lot of weird stuff in the offseason. So, of course, we're going to talk about him. I'm not sure it's intentional. I think he is intentionally strange. I can't wait till we get the hate mail from the Shailene Woodley fans saying, lumping that in as he's weird. You know, like hating his family, that's a little weird. Locking yourself in a dark room for four days, that's a little weird. But dating Shailene Woodley, that's not no, weird. No, okay. Let me walk that back. Okay, good point. Let me walk that back. Dating her and being gay sure is not weird. But the as quickly as it happened and as quickly as it fell apart, that's just kind of like tabloid fodder. No, I'm just it is it is all weird. I'll just say real quick that I, I think it's 100 percent intentional what he's doing. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a four time MVP. He's a superstar quarterback. He knows that anything he does is going to be put under the microscope, especially in an offseason like this year and last year where he's the main focus. People want to know what he's going to be doing. So when he says, yeah, I haven't decided yet. I'm going to lock myself in a room with no lights for four days. People are going to write about it and pay attention to that. And he knows that. And he's saying it on the Pat McAfee show. He is very well aware of uh, just the kind of media firestorm that he brings. And I, I think he secretly enjoys it. I was going to say, like, look, I'm, I may, I, I, I don't have many great qualities. I'm at least self-aware. And I do know that if um, I was like Aaron Rodgers, I might be milking the thing for attention. Like, I'm not saying I would do a darkness retreat, but I would definitely be like, like, like laughing at the NFL that I'm just like hammering ayahuasca in the off season. You're like, and, uh, and, <laughs> well, and how you know, does that pass through all of the, 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 you know, you, you can't do any kind of, obviously no kind of drugs or performance enhancements, but ayahuasca doesn't count. Uh, that I don't get. Yeah, I think it's because he did it and he did it at a time where it was like out of his system before the drug tests were an issue, I guess. I, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I don't think that uh, DMT or whatever is in ayahuasca is like legal according to the NFL uh, law. No, yeah, the NFL doesn't test for the main ingredient, the drug ingredient in uh, ayahuasca. So that is the reason why he can't get in any trouble. There you go. Well, Although maybe I'm sure they would prefer that. The how'd yeah, you, how'd you know that breach? Because um, I did something <laughs> called research, Brenton. Something you know. Oh, 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 sorry, the CBS drug drug testing team is going to come knocking at breaches door at some good. point this <laughs> off season. I, I do think it's interesting though with Rogers. I do think that it's. I don't know if it's necessarily intentional that he's trying to kind of keep the Packers hanging. I do think he's genuinely conflicted, and I think it's. Not that he doesn't like Jordan Love or anything like that, and he's kind of keeping him waiting around just because he kept, was kept waiting around. But I do think he looks at the Brett Favre situation and says, hey, listen, I had to sit back and wait. Now it's my turn to kind of sit back and li literally marinate in a dark room for four days to kind of figure this whole thing out because I had to sit back and wait for Brett Favre to figure it out, so now it's my turn to kind of do this whole thing. So I do think that there's some element of him being intentional but genuinely actually being conflicted of what he wants to do. Yeah, uh, Stu Brumill says, I like Rogers. I like his nonsense. We've got nine months to fill after all. Do you guys think that he stays with the Packers? Uh, I think he ends up getting traded to the Raiders. Yeah. That's my gut. I'll say stay. I just think $60 million guaranteed. It's going to be tough for a team to take on. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm like 50. I'm 52, 48. He stays. I think he goes. I think he goes to the New York Jets. The crazy enough team to to bring the that guy. Jets. 
I think he goes in your jets. jets. All right. Well, look, I think he's going to continue to do uh, weird things. Also, he goes on the Pat McAfee show, what, once a week or once a month or whatever it is. So we probably know more about his weirdness. So that's got to be intentional because he's going on shows and talking about his weirdness. I'll I'll say this, too, about Aaron Rodgers. It kind of goes back to what that commenter said, too. Like, all these quarterbacks sometimes get so robotic and we're just like, okay, they get nothing answer. At least this dude's interesting. At least he tells you something that he's thinking. I mean Brady for years. Somebody who's like the most, like the most, the biggest name in professional football, but like in sports, and he wouldn't say a peep because he was busy like with the you know the Patriot way. And yeah, I mean like I you know, um, I you know like, like you know made some, we made some Rogers vaccine jokes or whatever. But like generally, as you're generally speaking, like I do I do find Rogers interesting, although. Yeah, he likes to hug you. Like you feel like you don't feel like you know Brady whatsoever because he gives those robotic answers for better or worse. And you might think he's weird, but at least you kind of know who the guy is. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, it's I, I'm a little I'm a little hypocritical on it. I think sometimes too. I'm like Roger, so annoying. <laughs> I'm like, actually, I kind of love Rogers and like and all of the stuff that he does. Well, and he's he's just himself, and th- that's what I'm saying. I think he's intentionally just himself and putting himself out there. I don't think he's doing it necessarily for attention from other people. I don't think he minds the attention, but I think he's really this guy that just likes to do all this stuff, which is different. Hey. He's intentionally, he's, he's intentionally strange. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast, and we'll be right back. You need to know what you're getting into. This is not cops and robbers. The enemy is everywhere, but he can't be seen. Why me? None of this makes sense. It's a mind game, John. What have you gotten me into? I can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan. It is a Thursday mailbag, so please ask us questions uh, in the chat. And now we're going to talk about something a little interesting. I have been gambling for a while now, and I consider myself a degenerate in nice packaging. And I did not know that you could bet on the combine, but lo and behold, people, you can. So uh, let's go through. You can you can bet on the forty yard dash, bench press, and much more. First of all, have you guys bet on the combine before? I unfortunately have not. Give me about, like I said before we got on the show, give me about ten, eight more days on March 10th when Massachusetts is all good to go with the mobile betting, and I will be betting on absolutely everything. Whether it's <laughs> combine, table tennis, what have you, I will be betting on it. 
I I want to say that I have not, but it's not for lack of trying. Like mm. if if the combine bets were available, actually, I, I mean, I like know some. Not that I have like a scoop on combine bets, but like I know oh. somebody who was like sending in some some combine bets that you know would have been worth taking, but you know they're just not widely available. Mainly because you know the books get beat up on the draft props pretty badly each year. Um, they yeah. rarely ever win on them because there's you know it's it's so reactionary. They don't really know how the draft is going to play out. Well, they definitely don't know how the combine is going to play out. And so you're you know a lot of times these props you're setting them based on just you're just following like one market leader like you know. Like bet you asked or, or, or I'm not sure say the name or whatever some offshore company. <laughs> delete, 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 crap. Um, oh, there goes my job. Uh, some offshore, or at least I'm going to get punished for something. Uh, the 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 um the offshore companies will like send out these emails and it's like here's like times time times. But I mean it's it's really inexact science in terms of when they set these. And so I think a lot of books don't want to post them because they would just take an absolute bloodbath on them. Well, let's let's look at one of these right now. Will anyone break the 40-yard dash record of 4.22 seconds? Yes, plus 400, no, minus 650. John Ross set the NFL 40-yard dash record in 2017 by posting a crazy 4.22 time. Bengal yes. superstar John Ross, I might add. Oh, Bengal superstar. John Ross yes. right ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? They did, Bengals didn't need a quarterback. Okay, well, yes, plus 400, no, minus six. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not happening because, and here's here's the secret reason why. Mm. Charlie Casserly, no longer hand-timing, the official hand-timer. Charlie Casserly, all due respect, slow trigger finger on the hand-time. And I think, <laughs> I think that, or maybe he had a quick trigger finger, I guess it was. It was. And I think that um, that resulted in some faster times. John Ross was lightning fast, but... I think if you actually went back and like put his time up against Chris Johnson's and like, you know, you did the thing where they run at the same time. I think Chris Johnson is actually probably faster. And so I think these times have just, they've gotten more like, you know, they got more laser accurate in terms of how they, they measure them. And so it's just really, really hard to run a four, two, two. I'll tell you this though, you know, the Texas A&M running back, Dominic mentioned him in the, in the chat, Dominic, a chain, uh, Devon, a chain. He's someone who could do it. You're talking about a world-class type of track star running back at Texas A&M. He is somebody that if you were to bet that, I think you would identify him as one of the candidates to actually do it for you. Yeah, and all of three of our draft gurus, Ryan Wilson, Chris Trapasso, and Josh Edwards, all voted him as the guy most likely to run the fastest 40 at the combine. That doesn't necessarily mean they think that he'll break the record, just that he will record the fastest time out of any player. Uh, it should be noted last year, Tyquan Thornton actually ran an unofficial 4.21. So it looked like he had the record broken. Uh, but then when the score came in officially, he did not break the record. So players are getting a lot closer. It seems like they're getting a lot faster. Maybe they're practicing for the 40-yard dash a lot more because this is their chance to kind of put their name out there. You run the fastest time, your stock's going to shoot up. We saw it with John Ross. He probably didn't deserve it. Some idiot team's going to take you in the top 10. That's, what like, ah, that's true. That, I mean, we saw what happened. I actually love John Ross at Washington, so I shouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say no, it doesn't get broken, but I think we'll see some fast times under four point. Well, yeah, okay, everyone's saying no, but no one's going to take this minus six fifty bet. Is it yeah. is it worth just a little sprinkle on plus four hundred? Is it possible, or we're just saying absolutely not? No, I don't hate the odds at four at four to one. I don't hate that at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm passing, but if I did bet it, I would ask for my money back if I lost. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the smart way to play this. Okay, how about the most bench press reps? Over or under 39 and a half, over minus 105, under minus 125. So the under is uh, the favorite there. 
I believe I was there in 2011 when uh, Stephen Paella is it Paella? Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, yeah. Paella did 49. Like that was, I think it was my first combine actually, which tells you it was 2011. Cool, that's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Nowhere yeah, near 45. That's right. Not even sniffing status. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm, I'm not, as far as you guys know. Um, 49, by the way, it's like only three players have broken 40 since then. 49 is insane. Like it was crazy yeah. watching it. I mean, I'm taking the under here. I, th- I think it's just one, you have, you know, the, the, the un- unlikely, uh, you know, factor of like, it's very, it's not very likely that somebody's actually going to do it. But then you also have to remember too, that a lot of guys will bail on the bench press because we see a lot of times somebody, you know, a torn pack or something like that, where if you're, a, if you're, a, if you're one of the stronger players, you don't need to bench press if you're already, you know, in a, in a good spot in terms of the draft. So I think it's possible, you know, that you sort of, you lose some of the candidates who might go over the 40. Well, that's one of the things that's interesting is that we don't necessarily know who's participating in some of these events. I mean, yeah, you could say like, okay, we know some of the quarterbacks that are throwing, but like you're saying, well, all of a sudden if a dude backs out that we think is awesome, well then, okay, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're talking to the sports book asking for a refund. What was the over-under number here? 39 and a half. Uh, 39 and a half. That is, you got to get 40, man. And Dominic says over, it's going to be the guy from Michigan, Fozzie. Yeah, uh, Mozzie Smith, he can do 325 pounds. I'll agree with Dominic. I don't think it's that. What are, what are, what's the odds on the over? Uh, the over is is minus 105. It's a little bit better. The under is the one that's juiced, minus 125. Uh, there must be. I mean, we've only seen – we saw a couple guys do it in 20 – a couple years ago. It doesn't happen often. I'm going to go over. I just like the over. I think someone goes out there and wows us and hits 40. I'll say this. This is probably like a, a great move for like a projected like sixth round pick who's just a mm. meathead. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to this is my time to shine. I mean, I guess you go out there just trying to like bash out 40. And for, dude, 40 is, is just as easy as it seems. I mean, like it's that's not that's not like, you know, it's like, it's like, you're like I'm a six round pick. I'm going to rise up just banging out 40. No, I know. But you, you we're, we're banking on the dude that's like motivated short arms. So it's not that big of an extension. Yeah, that's what that's what we're looking for. That's kind of like, I mean, totally not the same thing, but uh, what is it, Mac McClung in the All-Star game for NBA when he he's a G-leaguer, just went out there and, and did the dunk contest, and that was it because obviously the the real stars don't want to get injured in it. So, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a kid that's really not going anywhere that just wants to come show out and get the record. Who would win the pick six dunk contest? Ooh. How, how high is the hoop? Can we bring it down a little bit? Nah. <laughs> you, know, you know, actually, it's like a, uh, it's not dunking, but like I, a I, you know, without even knowing anything, I would, I would still probably say Brady Quinn would win that. That's a good call because he's the only he's one who can dunk. That's why Billy says himself. Oh. <laughs> I uh, actually, I put money on Billy. I put money. We're on talking Billy. three point. It's Larry Bird. You guys are playing for second. No, no. You know who's an incredible sh- like fast shot in basketball? That's like you would never guess. Pete Prisco. What? Yeah, like, that doesn't surprise me because he's probably he, like all fundamentals and he's no. He out, he like, I remember like Mike Garofalo was um playing hoops at the uh, the owners meetings out of the Biltmore in Arizona when like when he was like 2014 and Prisco's like, "What are you doing? You suck! You can't shoot!" And, and he was like, "What are you? He's like, what is your problem, you jackass?" And Pete's like, "Watch this!" And he like goes over in like shorts and flip flops and just buries Garofalo. What? Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So. I was going to say, how many times do you play in? basketball? Are you, are you, uh, I, I don't, I don't play. I can barely shoot a basketball. I'm terrible at basketball. Um, are you, are you a, a, a lightning shot there, Sully? Is that what you're saying? You're, you're Larry Bird? You guys would be playing for second. Really? Yeah. Would have you as a, a <laughs> not really, but like, you know, I can, I can shoot a little bit. Fair, fair enough. Brinson, I can't, was it you? I can't. 
I can't shoot. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I can't shoot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There was someone that was telling me a story about maybe when they worked for, for some reason, I thought it was you, but maybe it's not. All right. Let's keep moving on this. Did you do anything with Nike and go to Nike and have some kind play, of. I did play basketball with LeBron James. That is correct. Okay. It was you. Yes. Yeah, uh, first of all. Yes. So, so maybe we should have our money on you. And you got you got like I, railroaded or something, right? Like I, he you. I tried to take two charges and it went very, very poorly for me. Were you like Bill Hader in that movie with LeBron, basically? Like, did you ever yeah. see that movie? He jumped over me. He literally jumped over. Like, I looked up and he was flying over me. It was insane. Okay, um, so that was it. First of all, g- give it a 30-second story. Try not to make it last too long, but I feel like the people need to uh, hear this one. I, I think I've told it on here before, so I'll preach, preach oh. you give me a narrative if I tell the story. I'm gonna drink my coffee and listen. I'll I'll we'll save it for later. I'll tell I'll tell the story later. Okay, we'll save yeah, it for later. You okay. can't just throw that you play the LeBron. We didn't have like, like a, moving on. A Friday podcast where Brinson shares all the stories that he's already shared, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just fill them in. Boom, and each podcast for that subject comes up. Um, it's been a few years since you shared that one. Basically, he, 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 we we we're up at we're up at LeBron's high school for a Nike event. LeBron, we're playing these five on five. It's all these media members. LeBron, and all of a sudden, like, our th- our team lost. We're in the consolation fi- like finals, and all of a sudden, we're about to start. We hear, "Let me get in on that." We turn around, it's LeBron. We're like, "Uh," and so he joins the <laughs> other team. And he's like the other guy, the other point guard is dribbling the ball up. He's like, <laughs> he's just staring at LeBron. I was like, well, you know, I can't do much, but I could jump a passing lane. So I jump the ball and pick it off. And I'm like dribbling. I'm like, oh my God, I just, just stole the ball like in front of LeBron. And all of a sudden he just appears in front of me. I was like, I don't think so, pal. So I dump that off. And then there's a, I'm like back in the, you know, I'm like, like, you know, playing guard. And there's like a breakaway and LeBron's got it. He's going, I'm like, well, screw it. You know, how many times are I going to take a charge from LeBron? So I get up there and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And he, literally just takes two steps and leaps over me like like i'm like i'm like a like i mean i guess it's not that surprising that he can jump over me but he leaps over me and then there's another one i'm like all right lebron you want to do you want to jump over me again whatever so i go there take a charge (laughs) dead force at me and he's like not jumping i'm like oh like and, and he just stops within i swear to god like an inch of my face and just finger rolls the ball in just i was it was just it was just an absolute manhandling of me that's great. So, I love that you had the confidence, the irrational confidence that, you know, I'm just going to body up LeBron. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't to take a charge from LeBron. That's that's what I could do. Well, because you don't want to you don't want to look weak. Right. So you just I think you do just have to go for it, knowing that you're going to get pummeled. Yeah, yeah, that's just me. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to get in the, the line of fire and just hope that it works out. All right. Well, speaking I of the line juice box, boy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's that was actually probably you. All right. Highest vertical jump, higher than 43.5 inches or lower, higher minus 135, lower plus money, plus 105. What do we think here? The uh, Right now, the record is by Donald Washington in 2009 and Chris Conley, or yeah, Conley in 2015, 44 inches or higher has happened just in two of the last three combines. I'm surprised that it's higher. I'm surprised the over is minus 135. Is there somebody who's just going to blitzkrieg? This number? That's the thing. Like, there's got to be a ringer yeah, in there somewhere that we're just not that we're not aware of. Uh, yeah, I mean, any of it, uh, I guess the comments aren't even going off on this one. Uh, all right, so uh, what do you think? Under it plus money, it feels like a pretty smart move to me. Yeah, that's yeah. where I would go to. I'm going plus over. It's, it's <laughs> two of the best three. I'm okay. 
Okay, going over. All right, what about the longest broad jump? Longer than 11, uh, 11 feet, five inches, yep. Or shorter than that, minus 125 or minus 105 for the shorter. Uh, so Byron Jones is the record at 12-3. I mean, like, Byron Jones put on a, a freak show, like, when he yeah. did his combine. Um, I think we'll probably get this is we see 11 players have jumped further than that since 2013. I'll take the over, you know, the minus 125. I think there's a lot of room there between you know, about eight full inches, uh, between you know, the what the over under here is Byron Judge's record, which is just a ton. So I, I would go over. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, I would go over too. And it's interesting too, because Byron Jones kind of making a lot of noise pre-combine with his comments on social media about, you know, talking about the combine and his ridiculous run, saying now he can barely even run or jump or anything along those lines. So it's kind of an interesting sidebar there for the Dolphins as well. Yeah, good point. All right. How about the fastest 20-yard shuttle? Slower than 3.88 seconds, minus 115. Oh, they're both minus 115 or faster than 3.88 seconds. Uh, yard shuttle probably on slower under yeah. slower it, it, I, i'm reading here too there's only six players that have run lower than that number dating back to 2006 that seems i'll ride with history there and i'll go with that trend yeah i think under is probably the i mean so slower is probably the play that's a pretty fast time all right, well, let's bump this up to the fastest 60-yard shuttle. Slower than 10.81 seconds or faster. Slower uh, is the favorite here, minus 120. Faster, minus 110. Brandon Crooks also held the record in the 60-yard shuttle for three years at 10.72 seconds. Um, I Shelton think- Gibson broke his record in 2017 by 0.01 seconds. Yeah, by 0.01 seconds. About, talk about if you want a refund. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Like, like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think slower is the play here, too. I mean, again, like it's just these are these are fast times that you've you know, you've got to beat. It's not this is not like a 40 yard dash where you can just catch like the bottle. These shuttle times are I mean, like the shuttle runs are really more important these days to teams, I think, than the, than the 40s. And they are it's not easy to do a, a shuttle. You know, like this is you can slip a lot easier. You know, it requires a lot more lateral agility, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think slower is the play here. Yeah, Captain yeah. Spock here. If you bet this stuff, see an addiction specialist. There is no gambling <laughs> shame on this podcast, my friend. Okay, let's. Uh, Next year, we should definitely be going out into a gym and doing these events as a podcast like uh, and betting them. Those will be our combine bets right there. Boom. I mean that. I, I'm surprised we haven't done that already. I mean, I'll, I'll, we should do video submissions just to kind of put some yeah. film on tape for next year, and then we can yeah. see how our progress has gone. I think we have to exclude Brady Quinn, though, uh, because I just I don't know. I no, think no, we, have, we have Will bodying up LeBron James. He could certainly go up against. And, and we want Brady on because then all the pressure is on Brady because he'll be expected yes. to beat us. And if we beat him in just one event, then we can brag about that for the rest of our life. I, look, I'm not saying that I ran a four nine six forty. Um, and it, it's it was videotaped by CBS. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying You're not, it's not it doesn't exist anywhere. But Brodsky's Brodsky's supposed to have found it by now. He's supposed to be looking for it. It happened like 2013. There's only one film of Brady running or of Brinson running a 40. Uh, It's at 1130 at night in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And he he lost to someone who was in his bare feet. That's like Michael Scott when the speedometer was out front of the office and then the car goes by and he says he went 20 miles an hour. That's basically. I swear to God. Look, it was hand timed. It was at Coral Gables High School. There's a lot of wind behind me. It was in great shape. At the time, just saying. Just saying. Gale force winds behind you. I got it. Yeah, there's a Boom. tornado behind. Roasted. 
while uh, Dominic says that the podcast does these, I'm putting the over under on the 60 yard shuttle at 30.81. Uh, what do you guys think for us over under that? Uh, that seems a little too low. Yeah. <laughs> over, over on that one. I was told from a high school trainer, they have three guys who have a good chance of breaking the record. Oh, okay. Oh, from a high school trainer. So we've got some insider information here from uh, Zach George. There you go. We have the very poorly lit footage. Yeah, of there's Brinson no need to show Losing oh. a 40 yard dash. Move on. Let's someone move on. in bare feet. Let's see it. Let's see it. <laughs> if Billy wants to pull it up, I dropped yeah, it. I have no reason to do it. Poorly lit. I'm just glad. I think I'm barefoot too. I'm just glad that. I didn't like end up with like a needle in my foot, honestly. Like <laughs> I'd be running barefoot on the streets of Fort Lauderdale at eleven thirty at night was not a smart move. We'd been like we were we'd had some cocktails. No. Yeah. No. You weren't of sound mind doing this, Will? Come on. Oh, is this it? Yeah. This Oh gosh, I was like, you know, who won? I can't see. It's dark. How, yeah, it's who, how did you say, tell? It's, it's hard to say, Katie. It's hard to say who won. Um, he ran into his darkness retreat. The thing, the thing, that, the thing, like you know, like sometimes you wake up with like a shame spiral from like you do like stuff and you're really, really hungover. Um, that wasn't. No, Never no, no. It wasn't worse. I was like, oh my god, why did I run barefoot in the streets of Fort, like Fort Lauderdale? Like it's not like I'm running barefoot in like the clean streets of Raleigh. I'll do that any time of day. But like in the like, I mean, who knows? What, clean like, streets what? of Raleigh. First of all, did you take your shoes off on purpose? Were you not wearing shoes? Did you have flip flops on? Like, I was wearing what? loafers. So I demanded that we. Your elf shoes. Yeah, I was. I was wearing. That's right. I was wearing my elf shoes. <laughs> he sent me a picture <laughs> once of his shoes. Wearing and I said, Those elf are elf shoes. shoes. My wallabies. Yes. Katie calls them my elf shoes. All right. All right. This is enough about my 40. I've never talked about the 40 again. This is, this is. But who won? I can't tell who won. Sean, Sean, bleep won. Brinson By how lost. much? Was it close? Uh, it's, it was not very close. Running, running barefoot in khakis is, wasn't a good idea. Do you think if you had shoes that you would have won? Uh, not at that point in time. <laughs> but, well, but that's an honest our... assessment of himself i wasn't i wasn't i didn't i was didn't need to be running a 40 all right well you've got time to uh yeah, I mean, get yourself in shape and ready no, 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 for no, no. i mean that specific moment in time moment. and the larger point in time like like I, there was no need for me to be trying to run in a straight line at that point. i think we were chugging right, well, a, I, think we're, I think we're chugging espresso martinis to try and like get jacked up that's a yeah, i like that it's gonna move oh look there's there's plenty of time to get ready for the pick six podcast combine uh next next season too we'll see how uh we i, I would advise wearing shoes in there i'll okay. be down with that i'm gonna I start training tomorrow. Shoes. i think it'd be a great actual youtube series to see everybody i'm, I'm down competing against each other all right well this is going to conclude our show today thank you for watching the pick six podcast and we'll see you next time Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.